Hey, this is Just with the Young Ambiguous Podcast. Today's episode is something that we have been wanting to talk about for a while. However, it is rather long. Um, so with that being said, we encourage you to stick with it. If you need to double speed it or one half speed it, please do. We just really, really passionate about this one episode in particular. And here's the show. Hey, man, welcome to church. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Gerald. Cool, man. Cool. Hey, where, so uh, how'd you hear about us? Uh, just some friends told me about you. Man, I'm so glad you're here. It's really blessed my heart. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from here. Been living here for past 12 years or so. It's uh, been awesome. So where are you from? Oh, I was born in Miami. Uh, no, like, like where's your family from? Oh, my, we're, my family's from Jamaica. You don't look Jamaican. Yeah. I, I get that a lot. Yeah, Rastafari, am I right, dude? Yeah, okay. So, what's it, what's it like being Jamaican? Um, awesome. We have great food. Yeah, yeah. So, I heard that, um, like, uh, like, uh, it's like, it's part of the culture to, like, you know, to burn a little weed. Am I right? Is that what you guys do? Yeah, I guess it's part of, uh, Colorado and Washington's culture, too. Uh, that, oh, did I offend? Did I offend you? No, I mean it's. It, uh, my family's Jamaican, yeah. And oh. you're you're being a little. Uh, stereo, you're you're so th- throwing some stereotypes on me. Hey, hey, so you know what, dude? Uh, we're actually gonna get some hot dogs real quick. But uh, it, you know, it was great to meet you, man. Um, God bless, and uh, I'll, I I guess I'll talk to you later then. Cool, yeah, fist bump. Yeah, dude, radical, awesome. Talk to you later, man. Yeah. So uh, that's fun. That's kind of like what, that was a little skit we did, clapping. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Young and Big. Young and Big. That's kind of like, a, I guess, a, a preface to what, what's going to be happening today. Yeah, so, we're going we're gonna to talk about kind of... I don't know. It's going to be a little touchy today. I, like, I'm already kind of getting a little emotional about it, but we're going to be talking about growing up culturally ambiguous, and it, it sounds like a... Uh, Pretty well-rounded idea, like oh, it's not going to be too aggressive or whatever. the The mm. fact of the matter is, dude, it, growing up culturally ambiguous is presents a lot of challenges. Yeah, it it definitely does. And we did a little skit to show you kind of how uncomfortably awkward some situations we can be in are. How many times? I I know that when I when you first told me you're Jamaican, I was like, you're not Jamaican. I thought you're messing with me. Yeah, and I was. Like thinking back to that conversation we first and uh, we for our initial conversation, mm-hmm. like it almost makes me sick to my stomach because I know what that's like when people were like, "Oh, you're not fill in the blank." Yeah, yeah. Because we get it all the time. I think I may have done it yeah. to you too when we talked about where you were from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I tried maybe, to be very accepting of it. No, I, yeah, you didn't. You you weren't like, "Oh, no way," and I was like. You're, you're kind of like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Not like that was probably the most comfortable way anybody's ever addressed my ethnicity. Well, cool. Thanks, yeah. man. Well, yeah. I tried. You know, I think greetings is, is one way, but there's lots yeah. of ways that it's highlighted for us that we uh, are different. Obviously, our, our skin tones. I like to describe myself as a, uh, a mocha brown color. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I mean, 
Mocha's kind of is is a little bit a little bit darker. I'd say. Yeah, I'm a light mocha. Yeah, you're definitely a light mocha, and I don't I don't know. I think you're a little bit lighter than me, but yeah. you. I'm definitely red right now because I went to Disney. Yeah. Yesterday. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> God. But I think what we're trying to hint at is that we have um, different backgrounds. Yeah. I'm from Jamaica. You're from? My mom is from Seychelles and my mm-hmm. dad is from I, like the Dubai area in yeah. UAE. So my, my family for generations at l- least they can track back like four or five generations. Like, and I just have a picture of it too. Wow. Um, that my, one of my aunts gave me of like people, my family growing up in Jamaica, like my great, great grandfather. Yeah. Like my mom is, I'm, I'm a first generation born here. Hmm. No. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'm first generation born here. Same with like my cousin Patrick and my cousin Vanessa, cousin Alex, Dominic, the, and Vincent. No, Vincent's second generation, I'd say. So my whole family was born and raised in Jamaica, and then me and my brother were born in Miami, and then I moved up to the uh, Space Coast, Brevard mm-hmm. County area when I was 11. Yeah. And so having that background is great, and it's shaped who sure. I am. We were close-knit family when we lived in Miami. We'd hang out with aunts and uncles like every other weekend, Same. eating delicious food that were just, you know not stuff you'd buy at Publix. Yeah. And <laughs> it was great, you know, having great times listening to music, having them tell stories from yeah. when they lived together in Jamaica and all those things and I don't look at my life as any less or any different. It, it it's different, but it's not it's not like everybody has that. Where yeah, they have it's... their family background, they tell stories of you know, when their family came over or what it was like when they lived, wherever yeah, yeah. they're it's from. Not like better than anybody else. Yeah. It's just unique. You know? So like if your family was from Virginia, you know, if your dad grew up in Virginia and then he moved to Florida, yeah. like that's cool. Like that's the different uh, history than us. It's a different history, but it's, it's a similar story of yeah. like, you're not from here. Yeah. And so for some reason, since we're, our families aren't from this country, people think that like it's a gaping difference yeah, yeah, and like, like it's like in unfathomable to understand the difference yeah the... like um so like i grew up pretty similar to that like actually not too long ago we just had a cookout at my aunt's house where like, you go to a cookout usually like, expecting like ribs and beef mm-hmm. and whatever but it was like like a fish fry but it wasn't just like fish that was cut up it was like whole fish oh yeah and like our initiation process into the family is you have to eat fried fish eye Ooh, dude so so my wife did it nice and my my cousin's girlfriend alex or cousins my cousin alex's girlfriend sandra yeah just did it not too long ago so it's like it's like a big deal if you do that like there's a lot of a lot of different things that we do our, our cuisine's super different. Like, everybody thinks we, we cook a lot of curry. Mm. And people think, like, curry is cinnamony, spicy, sweet. Nah, dude. it's That's not it at all, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it's savory. It is salty. Yes. And it's dark. So good. Dude, I, 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 could, I could eat a bowl of curry right now. But um, it, it's weird because everybody who's been married into my family has mm-hmm. been white. Mm. And everybody in my family is not white. Wow. And uh, 
I mean, like... We're going to do an episode on that. We have different hues. Yeah, we're going to talk about, like, uh, I would like to have our wives. Yes. And we're talking about meeting our family for the first time. And yes. Kind of getting used to the, the differences there. But, yeah, I mean, my, my history is a little bit different, but it has, is in no way... Yeah. Sometimes, like, no offense, white people, but, like, you'll hear, like, you'll see someone who's from, like from jamaica or someone who's from mm-hmm. seychelles and they'll 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 think that our history just because our history is different means that we're like aliens and we, so we get alienated yep and left out and left out for sure and so this is kind of like where we're segueing into church culture because uh it happens a lot it happens a lot i mean you meet these missionary kids who are like oh yeah i've been here here and here so then they can relate to you more, but nah, bro, you don't, you didn't, you're not understanding. Yeah. We're already relating. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're just coming from a different place. We're, we're in the same place right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's yeah. for sure. And so I think for, for me being ambiguous means people come up to me assuming I'm Puerto Rican or Dominican or yeah some hispanic latin background where i would speak spanish and so they assume i'm from somewhere or if i talk about a country that i've been to on a mission trip mexico or peru they're like they might think that as a clue or a hint of oh that's where you're from (laughs) yeah straight up i've been there but uh my family's from jamaica and then the whole conversation of well you don't look jamaican yeah and it's just I, I, we want to give you some vocab words today, mm-hmm. and one of them is a microaggression. Microaggression. And so the definition that we pulled off the interwebs is a statement, action, incident, or incident regarded as an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group, such as a racial or ethnic minority. Now, this can happen to anybody. It does not mean yeah. you have to be in a minority or of a different racial group. But a good example that we saw on the webs were you look good for a blank blank. So you look good for a dark man. You look good for a person yeah, like that's a person from that color. place. Like, yeah. And so for us, kind of the flip is like you don't really look Jamaican. And that's yeah. kind of has it's like a very loaded statement because like yeah well what do you think Jamaicans look like yeah 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 because are you going off of your well your like well of knowledge of what Jamaican culture is which yeah. might be very shallow in that you've seen Bob Marley yeah just because you listen to reggae don't you mean you're Jamaican homie you know Chill. what I mean so so like a lot of those statements are coming out of just pure ignorance not that people are ignorant they just don't know what jamaican culture is like and they don't realize that there are people of every skin tone and like they have all kinds of different facial structures like some of my uncles uh one of my uncles looks very like asian almost he could be like filipino that's cool and that's just because there's a whole lot of different people who live in jamaica yeah and so like when you say what does an american look like right you know like it's a melting pot yeah yeah other countries are like that too yeah Uh, my mom for instance like you're just talking about your your uncle my mom's white Mm. but she is straight up from africa yeah well seychelles we can't really 
You're an island We're close an island to... off the coast of Africa, part of the union. It don't matter. But it's like, you see my mom, she's white. You see my grandma, she's like, you know, I can't even describe what my grandma looks like. She's the most unique person I've ever seen in my life. And then you see my great aunt and she's black. And then the yeah. rest of that family is black. Yeah. The rest of my family is like tannish, but also like mm. super white. But it's a, uh, it's weird. The other other vocab word that we're gonna use today is intersectionality. Yes. Now I heard this word not too long ago. Uh, I was listening to uh, the, a podcast called the Q Podcast. We're gonna link that, right? We're gonna link. Yeah, that. we'll put it in the description yeah. of the pod so you can look it up. Yeah, it's really good, really really good. And um, our one of our f- we kind of fanboy over him. His name's Propaganda. No, we should call him our friend. Our friend, yeah, our friend Propaganda. Um, had talked about this. And so it is the interconnected nature of social categorization, such as race, class, and gender, as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. This also can happen to anybody. This literally happens to anybody, but it's harder to... er, yeah, it's harder to see when you have a little bit more privilege. Privilege, and it's a little bit uh, easy to see when you're no, you you're like us. You're, <laughs> you don't have that much privilege. Like when you see a cop, you're kind of just afraid for no reason. But hmm. we see that all the time. And then um, we got. We're, I don't know where to go for that one. Let's just go for the next vocab word. Well, no, because we you have a story of in Disney, oh. and this is how this plays out, right? So. Justin just gave a, a good example of, uh, for us, we oh, kind of get next... nervous at um, when cops are around. All the time. And so one of the ways that uh, intersectionality plays in is like mm-hmm. black males. Yeah. You know, when you are hearing a police report or someone is calling over the walkie, it's usually like a black or Hispanic male is usually yeah. the criminal that cops are chasing in media and TV shows and movies and all those different things. Yeah. So that is an ex- intersectionality. That person is black, but they're also a male. If it was a black woman, you would think different things. Yeah, right. The same way as you would think of a white male and a wh- white woman, you would think different things. And so intersectionality is just the way that different... Uh, I got, I got, I got one. Different things, labels yeah. applied to people and the way that you think about them and, and different things. Yeah, like I saw this, uh, like when I was driving here to the studio today, I was, uh, one, there's a lot of cops on the road. Mm. So I was already driving like 10 below. Like I was in the, I was, I was in the slow lane, right? But traffic got a little heavy. So I had to move, picked up my speed a little bit. And this lady, white lady in an Escalade. No, no, no. It was a Tahoe. Mm. like 2017 Tahoe she's behind me and I mean she is hauling bro like she is going so fast she comes up behind me almost hits me and then's like is trying to get in the other lane the whole time she's behind me finally gets the other lane and I'm going like at this point I'm going like 85 right mm-hmm. pushing up a little bit she books it like I yeah. mean guns it and it's out of there and I'm thinking to myself oh oh it's better she turns onto the intersection or to the exit that I'm going on to, but she gets there so fast. Like it took me another like five minutes to get there. It took her like maybe half she's, a minute to get there. Right, she's there thirty yeah. seconds, and 
I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, if I was to do that, like, by circumstance, let's say a, a cop saw me do that, I would be going to jail, right? I wouldn't get hmm. a ticket. I'd be going to jail. Or maybe. Road rage, and it would just be tacked on. Yeah, but if this, this lady does it, mm-hmm. they don't even like, pay attention. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, it just, it it's one of those things where people have l- ways of labeling people. So, like, this is, is not just race. This is class. This yeah. is gender. This is, like, and when I say class, that means, like, socioeconomic level. So, where mm-hmm. you're at. Uh, you know, how much money you're making, your education level, all of these things intersect. So a a white male, a, a white male in the middle class has a completely different set of privileges and disadvantages than a low class, lower class or poverty class level like black male or a right. black woman. And so intersectionality is just understanding the differences between the labels and different things that are put on people. So us being like brown, Mm -hmm. you know, we get the the intersectionality of like, well, you're not really black, but you're not really white. And so people look at us and that's where a lot of the microaggressions come is they want to they want to classify us. They want to put us somewhere so they can treat us a certain way and. We don't fit that. Confirm their uh, stereotypes or biases, and we don't fit those so often. That's why we are so ambiguous. Mm. Shout out to the pod. Like that's why we wanted to do this is because because of those challenges. Like, um, I'm thinking of this book that was written. It was called Black Privilege because there are privileges. There are things that we have that other people don't have. And I think part of that is the perspective that we have on some things that we can see both sides or we feel both sides and we're connected to both sides. So a lot of times in different conversations, we have some privileges and benefits for being where we're at. But a lot of times we get a lot of microaggressions. Yeah. yeah. and And it sucks. And one of the things that you were sharing was at Disney. Oh, oh, yeah. The So my wife and I. We're fortunate enough to be able to afford uh, annual passes to Disney. Shout um, out. Honeymoon never has to end. Honeymoon, yeah, it's for real, man. <laughs> if you guys are, if, this is low-key. I'm not low-key. I'm telling you on a podcast. Um, major key. Major key. Your honeymoon does not end. Mm. That is your bride. You better treat her right. Get anyway. yourself some Disney passes and <laughs> keep that vacation alive. Eat some turkey legs. But legs every week. So every single time I go to the Magic Kingdom, every single time I get uh, selected to uh, to be screened to go through extra process. You're randomly selected? Uh, every time, mm. every single time. So uh, yeah, it it just uh, it bugs me, man. It really, really bugs me. And Sydney, my wife, she. We're like getting ready to do this. We're getting ready to go to the park. I get screened, and she's. I said, um, you know, I should just start expecting this now. Hmm. She's like, well, if you're going to expect it, then why are you so mad? And she doesn't understand. Like, she didn't mean anything negative by it. She didn't mean like, well, you know, toughen up, Justin. No big deal. Yeah. She's kind of like, if you're expecting it, why does it bother you? You know, like. 
because it's wrong. Yeah, you're expecting to get hit by a car. Like if you stay in the middle of the road, you're going to get hit by a car. Yeah, it's still going to hurt you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It. The reason why it bothers me because it, it does. It does hurt me, you know, like, yeah, I'm watching all these people walk in. No, no big deal. And like, you know, it might just be my own mindset. It might just me might just be me projecting something that's not really there. Regardless, it still feels like it's happening. Yeah, because it has happened so many times in the past. Yeah. So whenever like whenever I go to the courthouse or if I go on the airplanes on the airplanes is such a such a dumb way to say something. <laughs> I liked it though. <laughs> but when I, every time I'm going like to the airport rather, um every time I see like a security checkpoint, I I how almost have like a anxiety attack. I'm so afraid. I'm afraid that we don't yeah. I, I could have nothing on me. Like I don't I'll, the only thing I carry on me from time to time is a knife and I usually use that to open up boxes at work. Mm-hmm. But even then I'm like, oh, hope they don't know that I have a knife on me. Like, even if I take it out, put it on the thing, or if I leave it in the car before I go into the place, I'm like, hope they don't go look at my car that I have a knife. Maybe they don't just, like, subject me out to see these things. It's it's things that we think about and are nervous about or, like, hurt by that a lot of people don't have to experience because of their different privilege and their different background. And um, I don't know... I can't say what happens to other people. And so I can only say what I've experienced and I've experienced like I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. So I go to Best Buy right. quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And I only feel really confident walking out of that store if I've not bought anything. But wow. if I've bought something like they're going to check my bag and they're going to check my receipt. Yeah. And I'm not saying they don't check other people's bags right we're not saying that at all we're just saying that i just know that the my bag always gets checked yeah and it's like all right you let like four people walk out before me yeah what what's the difference with me why am i getting checked and maybe maybe it's every four people maybe every fifth person has to get their bag checked happen to be the fourth person every single time i just i just don't i don't don't, i just don't think that's true i don't think it's true at all like when they when people say, "Oh yeah, you've been randomly selected to do something," or you've, or you've uh, been like, I don't know, lottery or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I just don't believe it, man. Like I stopped believing it a while ago. Yeah, like real. Like um. So this is something that happens every single time at the airport. Every single time, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm very much an Arabic person. Like you can look at me. Like, yeah, this guy's probably Arabic. And when I have my full beard, it's way worse. So we're flying. This is the first time it ever happened. Um, we're flying from Miami to Haiti on a missions trip. And uh, I was going through TSA, and they said, sir, can you come step to the side with us real quick? I said, sure. You know, I got nothing to hide. This is the first time ever I've ever experienced something like this. Like, so what are you doing in Haiti? I said, well, I'm a missionary. I'm going to Haiti to build a church. Are you sure? That's what the person says. Are you sure? Hmm. Well, you know, what else am I going to do in Haiti? I'm like, well, so we're just asking so we can get a better sense of what what people are going to do in Haiti. And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> back in my mind, I'm thinking, the place just went through an earthquake. What am I going to bomb, If it, even if I am a terrorist? What am I going to do to this nation yeah. that's already 
been terrorized by their government and their law enforcement. What am I going to do as a missionary, right? Yeah. Second time it happened, this was a little bit more detailed. Um, I was coming, no, it was, so my second trip to Haiti mm-hmm. happened again. This time I was actually taken into a room and asked these questions. Oof. That was crazy. Uh, the third time it happened, I was flying from, was it Atlanta? I was flying from Orlando to Atlanta. or No, yeah, it was Atlanta to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I was, fo- no, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong again. It's Orlando to Atlanta. And, um, yeah, and I was with Sydney at this time. And we just come back from Christmas vacation, going back to school. And so I said, like, we went through TSA and we're walking to our terminal and I'm watching, I'm watching this TSA agent follow me from like, you know, 10 paces behind me, mm-hmm. pretty close, not too far away. I'm watching him follow me. Right. I'm thinking maybe he's got to go this way too. I'm trying not to think that this man's following me. So I, I put our bags down next to the terminal. I see him stand next to the, next to the water fountain. I'm like, that's weird, but I'm not going to think anything of it. Maybe he's got to go to the restroom. I'm not trying to think that this man is following me. Mm-hmm. Put our stuff down. And I'm like, well, I'm going to check. I walked by him to go into the bathroom, right? This man walks into the bathroom, walks into the bathroom with me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to use the restroom. And he's standing like pretty dang close to me, right? Was he breaking bathroom etiquette? He didn't use the same like. No, no, I mean, like, he was, like, maybe maybe six feet away from me. Jeez. And so I turned to him and said, did you, get, did you see everything you need to see? Ooh. <laughs> and he just spun around and walked out. Wow. Like, that kind of crap happens regularly. Yeah. To where we have to build up this wall. We have to kind of, like, like, sometimes I'm afraid for no reason. Like, I shouldn't have to be afraid for no reason. Yeah. In in church, sometimes like there's not a lot of color people in church, not a lot of color people in our church. Rather, people of color, people of color, in our church. Yeah, and uh, sometimes things are said that shouldn't be said. Yeah, there's just statements that are made. And here's the thing: nobody on here, like myself or Justin, is trying to say that everybody's racist. No, and that it's such a awful situation but what we are saying is it's our our life has some low points and some things that are just not right and are are wrong and they are the full outworking of them is racism but what it is and this is our our final uh vocab word is implicit bias It is something implicit. Okay, let's just read the definition of both words, right? Implicit means it's implied, though not plainly expressed. So this is something that people think. So when they see us, they think, hmm, they probably speak a different language than me. Hmm, (laughs) they're probably not from here, Hmm. right? (laughs) Yeah. They think these things. They're never going to, they don't want to say it, right? They don't want to say Oh, he steals. You're brown. <laughs> Where are you from? Yeah. Like, uh, your skin's different than mine. Where are you from? <laughs> but questions like, where is your family from? Yeah, like tiptoeing. Like They're trying know. to get to it. They're like, you're brown, so where are you from? You're like, what's your background? What's your mm-hmm. heritage? What's your situation? 
Bro, like if they if they would just if people would just come to be like, hey, so what's your heritage? I'd be like, tight, let's have a conversation. Hmm. But when people were like, well, I don't want to offend him, you know, ignorance yeah. isn't bliss. Ignorance is stupid. Just, just educate yourself. Yeah, and then the aggression comes in. The microaggression comes in when they're like, oh well, you don't look like you're from there. It's like, well. Do you know what everybody who comes from that place looks got, like? Yeah, like, oh, like my family is very diverse. Like my grandma was really dark, and like a lot of people don't even think me and my actual blood brother are brothers because he's a lot darker, really, and looks more like my my I've uncle or my seen, grandma. I've never seen a picture of your brother, so it's... um, and so I'm gonna show him a picture right now. But like, we don't look like brothers. But in church, I have almost every other brown student or fellow person at church like we look like brothers and people like oh you guys look like you could be brothers and it's like yeah what because we have curly hair and we're both brown skin bro me and uh i get that a lot with michael rosado and we look literally nothing alike nothing nothing alike so people are like oh yeah you might could be brothers bro because i have a full beard and i'm a little dark like this man is like what mike's like five six something like that he's a little he's a little dude yeah, well, like I'm six two, like basically the brown skin links us together. Yeah, and I Michael's one person that people thought I was related to when we were younger and oh, both in youth so group. Mad. It's like that is just not right, and and it gets kind of dangerous and aggressive when like law enforcement, TSA agents, people like that start following you and accusing you and treating you a certain way. Yeah, because of these biases. Which is the implicit part is like not really expressing them. They're thinking it and are, it's being implied in the situation. But a bias is a prejudice in favor of or against one thing, person, or group compared with another. Usually in a way that can, is considered to be unfair. Right. Like, So a good example on the, on the opposite side of the spectrum is when I see a white person, I think that they're rich. That's an implicit bias. That person could not be, have that much money. I could see a black person think that they're they're not making as much money, you know. Yep. And that's that's so an implicit bias. So kind of like to tie the two spectrums on the on the same little rope here. Because um, we all have implicit biases. We do, like us included. Oh, absolutely. We think certain things about certain people. I look at I look at. I'm showing up a picture yeah, you're of my brother. Me a picture of your brother. I mean, I can kind of see. I can see that you guys are yeah. brothers. Yeah. If you look at us long enough, but like yeah, it's but almost split, split 50-50. Right, right. There's my uncle that has got a real Asian. Yeah, your uncle kind of looks look. like my like would look like he's part of my family. But he, I mean, he's he can he can cook. Like dude, right. that's awesome. That's my that's one of my favorite biases. Is like when people see me they're like that guy can cook. Yeah. So I, mean, I can. So there's so privileges, there's good things that can ha- come from this and there's bad things that can come yeah. from this. And I think what Justin and I want to highlight is that it happens at church where you might think racism doesn't exist because we're all covered under the blood of Jesus. But those implicit biases don't go away Yeah. when you step inside a church. Yeah. Like nine times out of 10, you're probably not going to see like a man of color on stage. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Or, well, not nine times out of 10. That's the odds are the odds are too high there. Like, um, Probably it's like it's, it's very rare, very rare that you see a man of color on stage or a woman of color on stage. And usually they're only brought on for one little thing. They're not the head pastor. They're yeah. not the teacher. I've been going to 
Calvary Chapel, Melbourne for a, a long time. Okay. And I would say we've only had a handful of people. Yeah. On the main stage, the main sanctuary, main service, you know, there was there were guest speakers, missionaries, different people, different authors and stuff. We've had people, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, that's good. Um, but it's not with any kind of like regularity. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say like our church is racist. I'm just trying to say like there's some implicit biases going on. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, uh, when I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You mean you're in Atlanta, you kind of already expect there to be more men of color as pastors. Yeah. Right? And my church was predominantly um, ethnic. Our pastors were white and we had, I, I can, I can, at one time I saw another man of color speaking on stage. That wasn't me. Hmm. And this is huge in culture this is huge in our world when you finally see yourself represented in media Mm -hmm. and in leadership and in different aspects of life when you see that it's huge that's why like president and barack obama being the first black president was a big deal yeah because people can see that it's like like it's possible Mm -hmm. people who've grown up and never seen a black president can see like wow a black person can be president yeah you know, and that's why there was a lot of weight behind Hillary Clinton and whatever you think about either one of those candidates, I don't care. I'm just saying like, well, I do care about you and your opinions or whatever, but like her as a woman would have been huge sure, for 50% of our population or more than 50% of our population to see like, wow, a woman can be president because yeah. it's never happened before. Sure. What sure. has happened before is a lot of white guys have been president businessmen in general and so when you see white men as leaders Mm -hmm. in government on tv in represented all over the place that is the bias that is what is implicitly put into our thoughts that white males are put in leadership they're leaders Right, right right whereas women and people of color have and can have the same or even better leadership qualities. We see we're, yeah, we do have the same. We we can have we're equals, man. Like yeah, we're all essentially equal, but because we've kind of been conditionalized to believe that we can't do these things, or it's never been done before. Or, yeah, it's never been done before. We always we. In our own, mm-hmm. implicitly, we take like the supporting character role rather than the main yep. star, which kind of like blows my mind, man. Because like, I know for a fact that I can, I, I'm, I'm good at speaking in front of a crowd. Yeah. Right. But because I'm not, uh, I'll just be, I'll be upfront because I'm not a white dude. Um, I have more of a. Uh, of a desire to like just sit back for a little bit and not be on stage and not be the focus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, or I don't want to be the focus. I want to be Christ to be the focus, but not to be the yeah. guy on stage. Yeah. And see, this is, this is where it, it gets real because, because those opportunities are so few. Yeah. And because we don't see it often enough 
And because of the implicit biases that happen and sometimes the outright racism that happens, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not accusing any one, but just in general, those when people step out to be a a person of color as the head pastor of a church, like it doesn't get the same respect. It's not treated the same. Yeah. You know? And um it man, I forgot what I was gonna say. I I, I had a good thought process, but it just kinda like just boop could have started thinking about something else. <laughs> well it just it breaks my heart because like <clears throat> Sometimes the bar, because everybody sees white dudes or white guys as leaders, because that's who are in leadership, the bar is set, like, lower. Mm-hmm. Name four pastors real quick. Just off the top of your head. Levi Lesko, Stephen Verdict, Carl Lentz, Chad Veach, Rich Wilkerson Jr. All white dudes. And And I feel like that's that's you know it sucks it it dude it it uh it's incredibly discouraging because we just don't see it yeah we we desire it mm-hmm. but the bar is like set higher sometimes yeah. cuz we have to be like we can't do anything wrong we have right. to be perfect in order to just get through life yeah like in order to get through airport security we have to be perfect whereas like Oh, oh, a white person can make some mistakes or do something silly yeah. or say something wrong and it's just like tis 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 yeah like the less attention I bring to myself the more comfortable I am and it shouldn't be like that like I'm you can ask Sydney this is something that she's not cool with me doing and not cool with me acting but in public if I'm embarrassed for even a second if something happens that brings any sort of attention to me uh count me out I'm, i'll run away straight up i'll just like hide or i'll pretend like i'm not there or just not say anything if there's any sort of attention like put on me because hmm. yeah. then i'm like oh shoot they can see me i'm not stealing anything i swear to you i'm not stealing anything i paid for my meal i'm here like because i'm allowed to be here yeah like straight like it any unwanted attention can be ne- yes. turned negative so quickly yeah and it's it's difficult for people to understand that. Yeah. And it's hard for people. It's hard for me to describe those things. Cause it wasn't until today I had words to describe my emotions. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't until literally five seconds ago. And, um, dude, it, it's, it's difficult growing up like that too, because like in school you get picked on for no reason. Yeah. You're like, man, or, or I would get, or I'll get chosen to play, to be on the team first. Hmm. And I wasn't very, I wasn't like a great athlete, but I'll be chosen to play basketball first or, or, uh, you know, or to, to be on, to be the lineman on the football team or whatever. I didn't play football, but like during recess in elementary school. Yeah. And, um, the, but my, my, my hobbies weren't sports. My hobbies were, was education, were, were the arts. Right. Hmm. But I was never like chosen to do those things i was always chosen to play sports instead because i was yeah a man of color it's crazy it's just crazy because like that's just not the way the church no like that's that's the way culture is right but that's not the what what the church is supposed to do 
we are equals. How many times did Paul say, doesn't matter if you're free or slave, Greek or barbarian, like mm-hmm. We are all in Christ. We have all been saved by Christ, and we are all made new in Christ. And so we are all part of the same body of Christ. And I think that's my heart is like we as the church should, A, not be having this nonsense inside of the church, Mm -hmm. right? Like diversity should be something that is we do well. It should not be something that we struggle with. And we should be leading the culture in fixing things yeah. and acknowledging the issues that we have and working to stop them from existing because mm-hmm. of what Jesus did. Like we are all brought together. We are yeah. all unified in one body of Christ. So yeah. for you to think that my leadership is less, whether you think it outright or implicitly mm-hmm. because of my skin tone is wrong, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and the problem is like, these thoughts are so pervasive, like we can feel them. Mm-hmm. Like those become insecurities for me. Yeah. Where it's like, is my leadership as good as theirs? Right. Where it's like, why am I, why am I questioning myself and, and questioning what God has put in me? Yeah. Like the abilities he's given me, you know, yeah. the, this stuff runs deep. Oh, and yeah. I think it needs to be talked about. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be something that we as a as a church, a global church, or just even local churches, like we need to have these conversations so that people of color don't feel less than right. their white counterparts. Yeah. And and that white people aren't threatened when people of color are in leadership and in, are in different it's like when it's it when it the when it all gets mixed up together and, and everybody's together, like there shouldn't be any negative negativity. Right, right. And um, I'd also I'd also like to bridge this gap between just we're talking very heavily from our perspective mm-hmm. um, because it's a perspective that we have. Yeah. But we also have wives mm-hmm. that would like to do more things in the church. Mm. And uh, I, I'm under the camp and under the idea that women can be pastors too. Very much so. I like it. They could be head pastors, you know what I'm saying? If if God is living in them and he has made them equipped, and if that's in concordance to the word of God, which it is, then we should definitely be seeing a lot more women pastors. We should, we should be seeing more men of color as pastors. We should be seeing more women of color as pastors. As yeah. Not just like I'm the youth pastor or I'm the assistant youth pastor. I'm talking about like, I'm the head pastor of this church. There shouldn't be a barrier. And it, it blows my mind because like we'll see in, in evangelical church, the head pastors are white. Hmm. Most of them are white. Not all of them are white. So please forgive me if you got offended. Most of them are white. Jesus is Arabic. Everybody who started the, everybody who started the church was ethnic. Hmm. So, I mean, it leads me to question. They're um, all from the Middle East. Every oh, single one of them. Every single one, one from of the Middle them. East, right? Also leads me to question, like, that, that was the norm for them, right? That, but I said this, I'm, I say this almost every episode. I know I'm going to say it probably in the next episode to come. Colossians one twenty seven. The mysteries may known in you amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amongst the Gentiles, amongst mm-hmm. the people that were not Jewish, Mm-hmm. that were not the norm. 
So if the mysteries being made known unto them, and and in uh, I think it's in Second Peter, it says we are the living stone, or yeah. we are the stones. What makes other people different? Well, they're just not living. Cool, tight. If we're still if we're still stones, if our identity is only Christ, then why are we placing our identity in our ethnicities, in our races? Why are we doing that? Why are we saying that other people can't be pastors or or that they can't lead in a certain uh, in, in a certain setting because they're not the norm? Nah, man, that's not that's not right. Like, if you look at me, you see probably someone who's Puerto Rican, hmm. and you probably think that I listen to like reggaeton or or let me name something else that could consider me a racist, right? But man, I listen to hardcore music. I listen to a lot of spoken word and I'm deeply involved in more of the art side of things, right? But if you looked at me, you wouldn't see that. You'd see something else. And it cuts deep, man. It really hurts too. And they don't people don't think that it hurts when it actually does, you know? And I know I've limited my my mindset to think that women can't do specific things Hmm. and that's not true i mean i don't i believe in equality i believe that everyone was created on earth in order to bring god glory right do i believe that the women and men are supposed to help each other absolutely is the is the man supposed to be ahead of the household yeah, I mean, scripture says so. Yeah. But it's supposed to be a partnership. Mutually submission. Mutual, Mutual submission. submission. Yeah. Like, I have to submit to my wife daily. My wife has to submit to me daily. Yeah. You know, it's I don't wake up and like, okay, I'm the boss today. You do what I say. It's, a, it's I wake up or we wake up. Let's change the, let's change the, the, the words here. We wake up together and we say that we're going to do something for each other today. Well, that's love, laying down your yeah. life, you know? And so you lay down your life for your spouse. You lay down your life for your, your friends and for your church. And mm-hmm. you were supposed to be able to do that for, for the body of Christ. And, John thirteen thirty four. And that's, you know, First Corinthians 12 is the verse I was thinking about. You know, mm, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Mm. So we've all been brought into the body of Christ. We all have the same spirit of God living in us. Right. And so these implicit biases, these these different intersections, intersectionality that we all have in our lives, like we need to not allow microaggressions to continue unintentionally like we have to be intentional to stop doing that Mm -hmm. but then also take the next step and work towards like equality yeah work towards men and women regardless of like where they're from or what they look like men and women need to be treated equally and people of color need to be treated equally as well and i think that begins with educating ourselves and understanding wow there's a lot of different things that intersect in each person's life. Yeah. You know, status in life, whether they're a father, whether they're, you know, married or not, all of these different 
titles and, and labels and, and statuses that people can have affect the way other people treat them. Yes. And with the body of Christ, it shouldn't be so. No. James tells us that we shouldn't treat rich people better than poor people. Yep. And Paul's commending us to treat whether you're Jewish or Gentile, free or slave, whatever you might be in Colossians. He says that mm-hmm. like we are all, whether you're educated or not, we're all yep. equal in the eyes of the Lord and we should treat each other that way. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just different thoughts on that. Like, I, I just think that people shouldn't waver from scripture right on what he's calling us to do straight up and this is i mean we're speaking to the church right now like it we're if you wanted to hear where the frustration is we're telling you where it is we can even throw this back you're you're quoting a lot of scripture i'm gonna quote something that happened like during the law in Leviticus hmm. 19, 34, it says, when a foreigner resides among you in the land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them yourself for you are foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. Wow. I mean, okay. We're, we're talking about like Jesus treating people equally. God has commanded this since the beginning, bro. Like, yeah, since the Israelites left Egypt, since got the law, the organization of what we now know as Judaism. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the thing I think we need to understand is like we serve a God and we were Mm -hmm. saved by his son, Jesus, Mm -hmm. who lived in the Middle East. Yeah. And this is a whole nother episode that we're going to do talking about like missions and kind of all of that. But like European Christianity and a lot of the Christianity that we look at comes from like white people comes from white thinkers, white preachers and all these different things. Whereas the church has been alive and well in, in Africa before it ever reached Europe. And so that's a whole nother episode that we can talk about, but this stuff runs deep and, and I'm not trying to like shatter anybody's worlds, but we're trying to shed some light on the issues that we face in our lives and at church Mm -hmm. and kind of just talking about like, man, we really, really want to see some like growth here. Yeah. You know, we might, some, some of us, ourselves included, like we might need to repent for some of the ways that we yes. thought about people and treated people I and know I do, yeah. we need to learn yeah. how not to be that way and to, to recognize the implicit biases that we all have yeah, and to not treat people less than or differently because of cultural differences or anything like yeah. that. We need to be treating them equals as equals as part of the body of Christ, yeah. especially since they're brothers and sisters, you yeah. know? And then I, that translates out to the world yeah. from there. Yeah, I mean, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna say this is probably the last thing I say. Uh, it's not okay to say I don't I didn't know. Ignorance isn't bliss. Educate yourself. Mm. The world is changing. It's time for us to grow faster than the world is, because mm. we're supposed to be here, man. We're ambassadors for Christ Jesus. We're on this earth. We're gonna be here until He gets back. 
Yeah. We got to do the best we can while we're here. And we cannot be divided. We have to be unified. We, yeah. We're not called, Prophet says this in the, in the, um, in the, the video, the video or in the, um, the, the podcast I listen to. He, um, he says, we're called to be one. We're not called to be like, oh, we, we're kind of Christians. We kind of think the same. No, 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 man. We're called to be one. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not called to be uniformed. We're called to be one. There's a huge difference. And I, I'm, I'm yeah. praying that together through these dialogues that we have, we can find where that oneness is. Yeah. When we know where it is, it's in Christ Jesus. But it's how do we... founded on that. Yeah. Founded on Christ Jesus. But where do we... How do we mix? You know what I'm saying? How do we drop these these biases that we have in our in our minds and these these things that we're always thinking of? Mm-hmm. How do we drop those and focus solely on, on each other and rather not on each other, but Christ in us? Yeah. And how do we grow this church so for the glorification of his kingdom? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... Thank you guys for listening. I know it's another long episode, but yeah. I think that that wraps it up the conversation yeah. for today. Um, we want to we want to actually throw it out to you guys to to hit us up, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us um, at young and big on Twitter and Instagram or youngambiguous at gmail dot com mm-hmm. for emails. We'd love to do a Q and A episode. I think this would be yeah. This is definitely needed for a Q and A, and I'd also. Um uh, would like for people to to be okay with reaching out to us. Yeah, yeah. So if you have comments, questions, concerns, anything, just hit us up. You know, message us on Twitter, Instagram, um, email us if you want. If you want it to be anonymous, make a fake email and mm-hmm. email us. Yeah. We just want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, we we get some stats back, and we know there's some people listening. So we'd love to mm-hmm. to hear from you and. It's, Pray if with you, have, you. Pray with you. Talk with you. If you have questions, you know, we'd love to do a Q&A episode. So send us your questions and, you know, don't feel like anything's off limits. Yeah. I think that's it, man. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad that you guys made it this far. Yeah. Double speed this. Um, I know it's something heavy on our hearts to talk about and uh, something heavy in general. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the trajectory of the podcast. And we're glad that you're on board with us. Yeah, we're going there. Thanks. I love you. Bye.